Hello, and a very warm welcome to Wonderful Women with Susan Stewart podcast. This is season one, episode one, and I'm here today to tell you what it's all about. So if I cast my mind back to around 15 years ago, I was attending a training in the Salisbury Centre in Edinburgh, beautiful historic building um, that had been used for meditation for decades and, and the atmosphere in there was just phenomenal. I was training to be a mind detox therapist, which I still do. And I was surrounded by amazing people. And we were a group of us, the women, we were still, I think at that time, the women made the tea, even although we were feminists, we thought. However, I can remember standing in the kitchen and just feeling absolutely full of love, connection, and in awe of these women that were training with me. They were from all over the world. We'd only been together for about four hours at that point, but we were all connected. And I just blurted out, I just want to start a wonderful woman uh, movement. And they turned to me and said, Susan, yes, you should. You definitely should. So we talked a little bit about what that would look like, how we would launch it, how wonderful it would be. And of course, we all went away in our merry way. And I didn't do it. We didn't do it. And life took over as it very, very often does. I did go on being a mind detox therapist. It's part of what I still do today. Um, however, I didn't start the Wonderful Women movement. And back then, there wasn't any social media to speak of that was very effective. There wasn't podcasts. So it would have been a very manual labour, probably live event um, sort of proposition. So it was it always seemed too big. So fast forward to December 2021, and I was listening to a lecture by Jean Houston at the Altered States Conference in America on my TV through YouTube. <laughs> However, it touched my soul. She is an amazing woman. She's a spiritual leader, spiritual teacher. She works with on peace missions around the world. She was mentored by some of the most incredible people of you know her lifetime. She actually met Einstein when she was seven years old. Can you imagine that? And at, at that point, she had a discussion with him about it's not academia that um, brings you on and, and takes you to the place that you need to be. It's your imagination. Mm, more of that later. So Jean was saying in this lecture, the main gist of it was that we've had the hero's time. We've had the, the time of men leading us for hundreds of years. Now is the time of the heroine. Now is the time for women to take the lead. And, I, and that just touched me. It touched my heart. It touched my soul. And I really thought, 
You are right, Jean. You are right. So what can we do? What can I do to be one of these heroines of our time? Or how can I find the heroines of our time? How can I open a conversation on this subject? And then it popped into my mind, wonderful women. This is the time for the wonderful women movement. So it all came from there. Uh, the first season, I have got the most incredible, wonderful women that I know from all over the world um, are going to join me. Each season, we will have a bit of a theme. Season one, we're going to be talking about an event or a challenge that you've gone through that's changed the trajectory of your life. And we all have. There's not one single one of these women that I have spoken to, that I have asked to be my guest that has said, oh, that's never happened to me. In fact, it's been more, oh my goodness, I've had so many of these um, life events and challenges. I'm going to have to really think about which one will be the one for me to talk about. So that is what we've got to look forward to in our first three months. I hope to... to publish um, the podcast every Tuesday at 8am. It will go out on YouTube and it will go out on all the uh, usual audio channels as well. Um, I am learning, so please stay and learn with me. And of course, it's not only for women, it's for people, men as well. We like men. You don't, you're not... Uh, just because you've been heroes for so long, you're still our heroes. So how about listening to some heroines for a while? So a little about me. I live in the Highlands of Scotland, beside the sea. I love nature. I walk every morning, which I love walking. It's amazing to the extent that I'm going to be walking the Camino this October, um, which is a, about 500 mile walk from the north of France to the Camino de Santiago in the south of Spain. So it is a pilgrimage. I'm not doing it for charity or anything. I'm doing it for me. Uh, so I'm training just by walking along the shore every morning. Nothing drastic. I worked in the corporate world for um, most of my working life. Um, I was involved in every digital um, revolution, I suppose, that there was. I could work for, for the BBC. I can remember when we went from recording on tape, you know, the reel-to-reel -reel tape, to digital recording, which was supposed to be a lot easier. But let me tell you, I could take a breath out cutting and splicing a tape. It took me ages to work out the digital technology. Um, I then worked in telecoms uh, and at the end of my corporate career, I worked for Sky TV. Most of the time I was sales focused, but I was a different kind of sales trainer. I always trained people on expanding their heart, on realizing that the magnetic field of their heart um, propelled round their bodies by eight meters. And all they had to do is think love um, as they were walking into a room to close or sell their most amazing deals so that was a bit of it but has that piqued your interest it certainly did with the people that I worked with but I loved it 
So when I was 53, I took early retirement. I then opened a boutique in Inverness, the capital of the Highlands, totally by accident. But it was great fun. We sold um, beautiful Scottish designers, niche Scottish designers, who if we didn't give them a platform, would have only been selling through their websites. Um, so they loved us, we loved them. And we also, in our basement, sold designer pre-loved clothes. And we changed the mind of many women up in this Highlands about wearing second-hand clothes. I can remember them at the start, they wouldn't admit that they bought um, their clothes in our store, but then we became so on trend that you would see in our newspapers or social media, I bought this in Maggie and Susie's, and uh, they were very proud of it. I would also go around uh, schools or secondary schools and talk to the teenagers about disposable fashion and how fashion was is the second biggest polluter in the world. I did that long before Stacey Dooley did, by the way. Um, and we would run upcycling competitions for them to upcycle clothes and they would win a prize and sometimes they'd come in and work with us for a day because they really loved the store. So that was my by accident boutique. When lockdown happened, we didn't reopen because it was going to be too difficult. It would have been too difficult um, to be in retail in the centre of town in a small boutique. We, wouldn't, we relied on having, you know, a shop full of women drinking Prosecco and having a party on every Saturday. We couldn't have done that. So sadly, we closed. But just before lockdown started, I had launched a health programme. I had gone through an incredible transformation myself a couple of years prior to that. Um, I had cured myself of arthritis, brain fog, energised myself and also lost £55, practically writing my own um, health programme. I had done with diets. I'd been a yo-yo dieter for 20 years and that's what brought me from size 12 to size 22. I was done with diets. So I now help people doing exactly what I had done. And I have, I am so healthy now. I'm in my 60s. I am healthier than I've been since I was 20 something. And I also mentor um, small businesses on taking themselves online, how to also how to promote themselves and um, launch themselves on social media. So that is me and that is what I do. But I also now am the presenter of Wonderful Women podcast and I hope this is going to go on and build and grow around the world. I hope everybody's watching and I hope if you are watching you will share and also I would love you to hit subscribe. Another thing I'm doing this year is writing my book intermittent fasting the natural way so that is coming out in August so I that is something that I really <laughs> have to get on with doing and stop procrastinating but it's another beautiful project so I hope you're going to tune in every week is tune in the right word I don't know but it sounds okay doesn't it and I really really look forward 
to getting to know you all. Welcome to the Wonderful Women podcast with Susan Stewart and this week featuring the amazing Claire Campbell. Claire is founder of Prickly Thistle, an absolute icon in the tartan industry, but we'll go into that a bit more because it probably isn't what you think at all. I mm-hmm. love Claire. I have known her since she was a little girl. I am so blessed. <laughs> and her mum is one of my dearest friends. Apart from that, I am so proud of the work that Claire does. Um, it, it is world changing. She is changing oh. the world. Um, what's the strap line, Claire? Will, will we, what will we... Will we be doing this in 200 years? Oh, yay. So we've kind of, yes. So what will she say in 200 years? What will she say in 200 years? And that is re- in relation to the beautiful fabrics um, mm-hmm. and products that are made in Prickly Thistle Mill. So yes. for season one, as you probably all know now, if you're used to the podcast, but if you're just here for the first time, we are posing a question to all the wonderful women that come on. And this question for this season is, can you tell us a time um, in your life that you faced a challenge or an event happened and it completely changed the trajectory of your life? I never know what the answers are going to be. I just send the question over to these wonderful women. And my goodness, um, there are stories to be told. So, Claire, do you want to add to that introduction at all? Yeah, well, I'm just, yeah, you know know me, Susan, I would talk for Scotland when it comes to what I do, why I do it, all of the activism, all of the passion, all of the crazy four years, but you know, um, if anything, just yeah, couldn't be prouder in, of all of the things I've done in my life and I've been so blessed to experience lots of things, I've never felt prouder or worked harder um, in terms of what we do today in the context of the here and now and yeah, what we know is um, yeah, what the future holds and how we absolutely shape that. So yes, I've never felt prouder working within the the fabric of Scotland, but actually it's the fabric of the planet. This is not just weaving tartan. This, you know, that's just such a small part of what we do. Wow, mill has become a movement. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) It has, and and you're absolute rebels in the industry, but it it needed and it needs a rebellion. You and I talk for hours about this. Yeah, no, hours. Yeah, no, it's it's just been a huge learning for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I know there's a big question to talk about, but yeah, no, for me, it's yeah, I have learned an incredible amount in the last four years about who I am and what I fundamentally support. And we live in a world where, you know, quite often we fund a lot of what we in theory support and yeah women's relationships with textiles and that's not just the clothes we buy for ourselves it's the clothes we buy for our partners our children our friends our clothes for our home you know huge amounts invested um in textiles and for the best part of my life I had no idea what I was funding you know no idea with regards to petrochemical textiles and slavery I funded it all so this has been an absolutely incredible gift it was never part of the vision 
wee back when I got the itch that I'm now scratching and now thinking oh my goodness no um I had no idea and it's just been completely yeah just so so awakening to that but I have it's so liberating because you feel as you know you know what we wear says everything about us but actually I was wearing every I was wearing all of the wrong stuff that was not who I was you know and it's just there's so many parallels yeah, yeah. it's just not it's just not weaving tartan it's not that yeah. it's like so fundamental yeah. that's yeah, why I was so loved to even mention tartan because I know no it's yeah. fine but we are we're there's the evolution yeah. what will she say in 200 years you know it's yeah. such a well um loved story there's so many stories with regards to the fabric of Scotland and the rebels and the the warriors and the tragedies and the romance and all these kind of you know intrinsically linked that is you know what they what they wore or what they looked like and um so that story is very well told over the last couple of hundred years but for mm -hmm. me it's about evolution we live a time when what we wear says everything about us so in 200 years what will she say it's you yes. know we need to add to that we had and scott you know and i think we've got this great fabric and this great um yeah kind of um ethics and values attached to the history so when you take the principles of that lovely amazing stories that get told the world over let's take it and put it into the fight of today and that's saving the planet <laughs> and that's saving all living things on it so we take all of those values and beliefs and we make it relevant to the world we live in not relevant to the world two three hundred years ago that's really interesting but the gift is what we do with it today so that's that's what we do and it's so important. I know that, um, well, you know, I had Maggie and Susie um, yes. and Inverness and part of that was pre-loved clothes. So pre-loved, yes. I think, is OK, but it was still all really good brands of beautiful fabrics. That is when I really got into and started realising the, the history of, of, of fabrics and also the the um danger and and awfulness of the fashion industry and and i used oh. to go to schools i know you're doing something with forshers academy yes. which is great um and and i went out to schools and and did um lovely wee presentations i thought they would be bored and we ran competitions for upcycling competitions but they weren't they were flabbergasted they really you know, we would have women then coming into the boutique and saying, you really affected my son. He has been gone through his wardrobe and given me half his clothes because yeah. he's not going to wear them anymore. And um, as far as fabrics are concerned, if and I can't really wear anything that isn't, um, you know, either, you know, a, a cotton or a linen, I can't wear any synthetic fabrics anymore because my skin feels awful yeah. in it so you know anyway and it's it's, it's, it's it is it's the paradox of the future is the past you know we wore natural fibers you know and people have forgotten what it's like to wear natural fibers if they're plant or um animal fibers and how kind they are i mean for me wool is an amazing amazing um piece of fabric because you don't even need to wash it you know, 25% of all carbon associated with textiles comes from the fact that people are chucking things in the washing machine all the time. Wool just needs a bit of air. Job done. It's antibacterial, it's stain resistant. 
you know, it's the complete opposite of petrochemical and um, highly flammable garments. You know, it's got flame retardancy built in. You know, you can sit at the campfire at the end of the day and you will not go up on you know, <laughs> Hopefully. No. But it's, yeah, so it's, yeah, natural fibres. But we've just become so disconnected, really. And I think it's really since the kind of invention of um, uh, rayon. Is it rayon it was? Rayon. Uh, gosh, yeah. Nylon, rayon for tights. 1930s and that's when we've seen now 60% of all textiles now consist of petrochemical and um, fabrics and um, so yeah so you have all these conversations how are we going to replace 60% of fossil fuel clothes we don't we need degrowth in this sector we do not need to be making as many new clothes um, and there absolutely needs to be within the repair reuse economy and yeah the the thing that we're really really trying to fly the flag on it's around school uniforms because school uniforms carry a lot of stigma mental health issues you know in terms of categorizing somebody you know you're from a you know that's your disposable income family bracket this that the next thing you know and we, we basically every child in school should be wearing a unique uniform that's in school colors because there's something important about being united yeah. um but every single child should have a unique uniform as unique as them but it's still school colour, so we just completely take away that. But we are empowering and hopefully taking into the curriculum that whole ability to um, deconstruct and reconstruct um, so that kids leave school. And it's as important as maths and English and sciences and things because we need to be a far more resi resilient, resourceful generation instead of just going, I'll just buy, I'll just jump online, one click and buy. No, actually, I'm going to look at that and go, I'm go I've got this, I'll reuse this, I'll repair that, I'll borrow your, I'll take yours, I'll swap this. And we need to put that back in um, into the curriculum so it becomes mainstream across every single school in Scotland. And that's really what we want to do with that. Oh, I love that. Screen. I want to help you so. with that. <laughs> so, back so, anyway. On my heart. So back to the question. And yeah. I'm sure that um, there will be, uh, the, the mill will be woven through it. Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Can you so the question, yeah, the question, what, you know, talk about one thing that's made a massive change in my life. Yes. Is it, you know, the. Change oh. the trajectory of your life. Yeah. I mean, there's probably more to come. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's been, I mean, you know me really well, Susan, since I was little, as you said. Um, yeah. I mean, there is always the one major one um, that completely, you know, just shook the ground that you know you're part of and um yeah and that was with Paul definitely oh. and I think that always will be for mm. for the you know the horrific side of things that people go through and you know yourself Susan and mm. um, more than anybody else but it's just the the depths of that side of darkness gives you the depths of courage commitment resilience and joy that you would I don't think I would ever ever experience had I not had that not be part of my life and um, so yeah so that is always my baseline my baseline for everything good and bad in life there's a baseline so yeah, yes it's my he's it's a it's a yeah it's my 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 savior my 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 line I guess nothing else compares so so yeah so yeah losing somebody you love you know and it is and Absolutely. it's it's it just it's just the the reality of no matter who you are what you do you know I'm here on this podcast talking about doing things with textiles and I'm you know I used to be an accountant and I'm a mum and I'm a sister and I'm an auntie and I'm a, a wife poor Alan like what sort of wife if he ever watches this podcast like a wife she's never here oh I'm the best wife you can get Alan I'm never there 
<laughs> He's a brilliant <laughs> husband. Um, but it's yes, it's um. So whoever you are, whatever you do, yeah, you know that is just I I can't think of anything else that would transform you and your sense of direction more than going through something like that. You know, it's just it's yeah. So I'm so every sorry. yeah, it's just so yeah. There's lots of little bumps, lots of little bumps and nudges along the road, but I don't think anything compares to compares to that. And I think it's just you know there's there's with Paul and everything, but it's just you know, this relationship I have with everyone close around me that's, you know, it's all, you know, it's all, it's, it's in everybody, isn't it? It becomes, you know, it's not just this one incident with you in this situation. Mm -hmm. It's just becomes so much, yeah, and enriches life. It does. It really Absolutely. does. And I think you have to see, you have to see it that way, don't you? You have to. You really do. And, you know, and the worst thing in life, has happened you know one one yeah. of the worst things in life has happened yeah um you know well you know I lost my daughter Naomi yeah. and, it, and it it really of course I would love nothing better than for her to be here walk and alive, back in. but yeah. Uh, yeah walk in here and go oh there's Claire however <laughs> you know I'm the same with Paul you I'm sure you yeah. same way however it makes Naomi's death, and I'm sure Paul's death as well, has made me so determined to to live a life that has got a point to it. That you know, I'm honoured to be living. That Absolutely. I'm lucky to be here. You know, and of course we go down the the depths of despair. And you know, for a very long time, I couldn't even really face it. I would push it away yeah. oh no I'm all right I was I was very lucky to have her and yeah I was very lucky to have her but I wasn't all right so yeah I know that you that um your mum would just jump in the car and come down because you were in university and come down that's right with you to get you through your exams yeah yeah or just to be no, there for you absolutely and you know and and you you know I I was luckier in the sense that it was a sibling you know I'm it wasn't you know I can't imagine I cannot even imagine because I'm a mum now the loss of a child I can't imagine you know because you know we have I have my own Paul now yes. who's very very like his uncle Paul yes. um, who he like he likes to be told that you know and he is actually mannerisms and physical physicality is very he very similar so to Paul like he's yeah he's like mummy do you think I'm a bit of Uncle Paul like yes too so of course you are he's just this, he's just yeah. yeah such a softy but um so yeah so I can't imagine so I'm lucky you always but you do you always go I'm lucky I'm lucky you know and it's um but it's yeah you're you're bit on actually living you have this you know you've got this gift of life you know and make it count you know and make it count for um, not for what you achieve personally in your life, but it's impact, it's for others, it's broadening of the mind, it's, mm. yeah, how can you sprinkle as much positiveness and action, you know, it gives you a sense of courage and a bit of a set of balls that I never yeah. had before yeah. to go, do you know what, sorry, this is like, there's people, you know, and because of what we're doing now, you think actually, who would have thought, you know, working in the world of textiles I talk about life and death but it is you know we're literally you know what we're reading is killing us quite often it is. and it's kind of yeah so it's yeah. kind of yeah so that whole thing is is yeah with Paul it's just given me and it took a long time because I was 20 when Paul 
um, was killed in the car accident and he was 19. So I was very, I was very young then. And I, I finished my university, as you say, mum used to just drop everything and come and stay with me. And Harry was really small then. He was only eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I, you know, and, and Alan, I'd met, you know, I'd been with Alan for four years before then. So, you know, and, to, and it's, it's so important. And I'm so, so lucky that he, you know, we're still, we're still here together. And he's been, you know, he knew Paul for so long. And he was part of that really important time in my life that is, mm-hmm. you know, one of, you know, that shapes and defines me as a, a wife and a person and as a mum and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it, it does. It just kind of yeah it's yeah it does it just yeah it just makes you you think you know you you know yourself you're just like constantly kind of going well what's the worst that could happen we know what's the worst that could happen I've got life you know in me and I'm going to make it count and I'm just going to go for it and because we don't know what tomorrow will bring and yeah it, it does it just you know but and I appreciate you know in lots of situations it's really it is quite you know it's not easy to turn that around you know you know for you know you can put a face on it but inside it's like yeah we're all good at playing a role and pretending and you know there's times like that but it's but it's yeah so I've been so that trajectory will continue to propel me I have no idea where yeah but I'm living so I'm I'm doing it you know I'm I'm doing this and that's it so um so yeah, so that's and then you know it's the it's, yeah it's, say the immediate relationships I have with Alan and my kids, um they never met Paul obviously because um I was only twenty, but you know and the relationship I have with my mum and even you know younger brother Harry and everything and and you know in in the realms of Tartan shall we say you know there is a sense of identity and legacy and that was one of the reasons I got really sort of quite interested in it because I was kind of you know you're you're just forever you're not forever grieving, but you're forever missing them. You're forever processing oh that they're not there. You're, you're forever. Yeah, you grieve forever. You know, people will, yes. you know, you will absolutely grieve forever. I still feel as if I don't have an arm or, or a limb, you know, part of my yeah. body. Um, Anything that happens, yeah. you want them there. They're part of it. What would yeah. they say? What would they experience? Oh, I wish we could think. tell, you know, you what you know, or they go off and do their own adventure. You want to hear their adventure. So you're calm, you know, there's but yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, you just you just you just fuel to your fire, isn't it? To go you off do. and yeah, and to yeah. do that. But and it's yes. Yeah, so, you did so well, Claire, and, and you qualified as an accountant. You got great. And I've stopped now I've said goodbye to all of that. I thought so. you fought so you followed your heart because you did you know you worked for one of the biggest accountancy firms in Scotland certainly or or are they actually uh, UK wide Um, very effective in your work you looked the part you were the part and then I I wore a lot of polyester suits and I have to face that up right now because anybody watching this I'm thinking I own, don't worry, I own my mistakes. <laughs> yeah, listen, darling, we all did. We all did. Mind you, no. I used to sometimes buy Armani, so I would find Armani suits in second-hand shops. I've always been a second-hand girl. And, uh... No, it's fulfilled. Oh, sorry. Sorry, but... <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's okay. It's only Alan coming there. Oh. Darling, and off you go. Oh, what a shame. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Um, so, anyway, but yes so I did the accountancy yeah for how long was that oh accountancy yes yeah. so 
so yeah so um I was at university at the time we lost Paul and I was on my third year so I went back and finished that and then I came home yeah and then I started my CE training so I was in accountancy for about 13 years so it was yeah um so it was just in my kind of and that is yeah. really quite a secure position, quite well paid, your, your route to progression, you were climbing up the ladder, and then you followed your passion. How did that yeah. happen, my love? Yeah, so the, yeah, the, 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 I'd say the kind of the, the center point to my life compass now being Paul, he's firmly that pin. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, yeah you know the kind of sense of me determined to finish my degree determined to continue with my accountancy um and become you know you have you know at that point it was the aspiration to become you know secure in who I was and marry the my the love of my life I met when I was so young um Absolutely. so you know about you know have a home together get married and have children you know all of that and I was so lucky you know able to do that and it, and it um so that was, yeah, 13 years. The children had been a bit, uh, got a bit older. And yeah, I got to my mid thirties and, you know, I think, gosh, you know, I, I love to work. I love to challenge and drive. And I have ambition in the sense of achievement and progress, you know, in that way, I like to yeah, push things forward. You know, I'm just, I just, yeah, I thrive on anxiety and stress in my life. You I know I don't know about that I don't know um workaholic um do all of that stuff and so yeah so I'd done that and I was just yeah so fortunate in the world of you know the professional practice side and then working in the industry had worked with some amazing people learned so much um you know and, and seeing businesses in different guises that were individuals or um a family so many generations on and seeing all of the kind of um psychology in it and the, yeah. the emotional um, human aspect you know so yes you can uh, you know you can sit there put accountants hat on and let's look at the numbers but you can see the the correlation of an individual and their personality and their desires and the passions and their beliefs and the you know the the compromises and the not the compromises I always find the psychology and I think that's definitely you know whether because I was 20 when we lost Paul I don't know would I have been that way without or I think I definitely think that with what happened to Paul it just takes you to a deeper level of yes. of heightened emotional awareness in the sense Absolutely. that you know you just you you have this because you went into this hyper state yourself you know yeah. you just you know you were all of a sudden pushed into a world that you never you know you just didn't operate on that level so it just kind of changed yeah. me so I became so 13 years of doing all of that and yeah and I kind of thought we're mid-30s and I was kind of like yeah and then dad had passed away um and that was a strange one um, dad, um, but going, you know, and, and, and going through dad's things and, you know, Paul was his baby at the time and there was just so much of Paul and it was a kind of like realisation going through all of dad's things and, and seeing everything there just kind of brought, you know, brought all of that back. Yeah. Well, not all, it was always there, but it brought it back to real front and centre, yeah. physical, wow. And I was like, gosh. You know, I'm, we're so, so, I'm so, so fortunate, you know, two amazing, beautiful, healthy children, wonderful husband, my mum, my younger brother's doing really well. Um, and he was, he's an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> he's he still is. in there, he's my still goodness. in there. I've not convinced him to chuck he's it yet. Um, he's amazing, honey. And, 
and it was really um yeah so with dad so going through all of that it was kind of like gosh right Claire you've been so lucky you've you know you've had these incredible experiences you've been abroad you're you live in a beautiful part of the world in this little hundred year old cottage um you know we've we've been you know we've been so so fortunate in a material sense but actually what does that mean you know and and the 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 phrase I used a lot was like on her headstone is it like she had a nice car and she had a nice house and oh she had lots of nice holidays no does that really is that really for I'm you know who I am and it's funny how you find yourself skipping in these things and I thought wait a minute I need to come out of this that's that's not really who I am I'll you know and you think you have to do it you have to do it because society's been changing massively over well particularly the last few years but I suppose as we grow we kind of see things differently as well and I just thought do you know what actually and then remembering how I was brought up with mum you know we were so happy with so little and that was the best memories ever and realizing you value everything so much more when you you have to wait and you have to you have less of it and you have to share it and it's just a complete you know and I realized that being an accountant meant that we didn't have to wait we didn't have to share but actually that's not actually that's not good yeah. <laughs> it was better it was better um in many respects um that aspects but I know there's always challenges and everything on every side and but yeah so it was a case of yeah what what do I we're 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 very fortunate we're we're secure we're sound we have our home our kids are great my husband's got you know a good steady job and I thought right there was just something in me that wasn't just about being a good accountant for a company and doing all of the good financial monitoring management you know projections and growing and all this kind of stuff and and in some sectors I'd worked in it was just working with people that just values based all of a sudden yeah. didn't matter what somebody paid me if I didn't agree if I didn't feel like we were, had the same values and respect for life or individuals then I just couldn't do it it didn't matter so um so yes yeah, so to quit all of that and and having worked in the corporate world for quite some time I thought I just really wanted to one day maybe and create a workplace for people and and build a a culture that was just me taking all of the great things I'd experienced in other places and then working to make sure that you know the the other sides didn't creep in and um so yes I always wanted to create the jobs and create that culture that I could have an influence over and and maybe help lead a little bit more on that I couldn't in other roles because when you're an accountant in every other job you're just the accountant you know what quite often they're like you have no input on operations you have no input on marketing you have no input you're like literally bean counter and I'm like I'm not a bean counter I'm like oh you you know, I'm into all or not and <laughs> accountants are very very often the most important person in a business and there's yes. lots of CEOs that have been accountants and they yes. are successful yay so so I think it was that and yeah and just um yeah so I just thought right okay Claire you take it all of that what's life all about mid 30s you could very easily be another 10 years on clear you know wait till the kids get to you know if they want to go off and do anything and and need a bit of support to go off and do studying or if they don't fine not you know I'm the complete anti Alan's like oh they need to go and study and I'm like no they actually don't <laughs> they can do whatever they want as yeah. long as they're happy you know yeah. um so I just yes yeah, so that was the time to do it and dad and there was all these triggers and it'd been you know sort of 15 years since we'd lost Paul and I thought, right, I need to do it. So, and then I just fell down this rabbit hole of Alice in Wonderland, eat me, drink me, you name it. 
amazing. I, yeah, player. I'm still in, I'm still in Wonderland. I think somewhere. I'm not. I've, yeah, I don't know where got, I am. You have already had the most incredible impact on the world. People are. Oh, and um, you know, you're on TV. You go over to America. You've travelled the world. Yeah, you, you, have, you you have had really famous. Well, I think you're more famous than them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because oh. of what you're doing, and you are impacting um the world of so-called fashion. You know, and I don't agree with fashion. Um, yeah. but you are a Scottish our version of a real Scottish fashionista and you speaking with you here I have got an, a great idea for next season you've just given me next season's question I'm not going to tell you what it is yet but you'll be back on um, next season most definitely yes. because you'll have a lot to say the um, next question it is I mean I am Always in awe of you, Claire. You work so hard. You wrap that mill till goodness knows <laughs> when every night. You've given yeah. it your heart and soul. You have, and you have. So you have employed the most incredible team of people. I know. Yeah, absolutely. They're just, yeah, I've been so, so lucky. They're just such an amazing bunch of people. And it's just, yeah it's yeah at times it's you know there is a few times in the year <laughs> I wish it was more often than that but you know yeah. I, I do I do really enjoy stepping back and mm -hmm. just kind of inhaling how wonderful they are you know and what they're doing it's it's yeah it's horrible being in, in this chair most of the time actually that's not horrible but it's um, it's so yeah it's 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 the serious one as I was having a conversation with Mary the other day and I was like oh my god as Charlie calls me my daughter she's like mum you're such a fun sponge and I'm like oh darling I don't mean to be a fun sponge mum's actually you know I take all the fun out of every situation because oh, here I come I'm a fun sponge and I was like you know what Toots you're right and it was um but yeah it's the level of seriousness you know it's, it's difficult to to um because I take it seriously I don't take myself seriously but I do take this seriously and um but yeah you're right I mean this play you know we're just so lucky but they are they've all you know and I've used the analogy of flock of geese you know they are they're an incredible bunch of people incredible and they're all so different but yet they just all and I think it's because I'd like to think it's because we're all in that place of you know you know, I hopefully they enjoy. You know, they, they they are inspired by the vision and the the purpose of why we do what we do, not just what we do and what we produce. And we want to sell less to more people, absolutely. Um, you know, to survive is to thrive and to make an impact. But I think because why we do it and why there is no compromise on things when it comes to people and planet. So it's a difficult path at times. It's challenging. It's, you know, and it's, there's always an easier route, but it's not the right route. So it's kind of like, sorry, if it's not the right route, no matter how easy that little pathway looks, we yeah. can't do it. We can't do it. So, um, but I think, yeah, I think I'd like to think the team are, but they all, they all are co-authors, you know, this four years of, from me being in my shade of my own in the garden, mm. you know, to then coming here, every single one of them contributes you know there's just this constant you know yeah. contribution and nudge and little wink and little whatever so there is just this beautiful it's like it's like the looms you know and I've said this before as well but you know we all work together 
there's all you know and sometimes one shuttle will lead another or one cog's working harder another somebody goes at a different tempo but actually together there is this That's real one. kind of sense of we hopefully we just feel really proud to be doing what we're doing in a in a decisive decade you know we're living Absolutely. an incredibly historic time in so many ways yeah. um and to be and to be able to be in a to, to come to a, a workplace where you feel like actually you feel really good on so many levels about what you're doing is nice yeah. it's really really nice um yeah you can always tell you can, all, you can tell that everybody loves to be there you actually can when you go in it's uh, and it's um, a sense of ownership that everyone owns it It, it's not just you that owns it and I I know that you had a very successful crowd um uh crowdfunding campaign round two you know if at first because the first one failed yes you know yeah yeah that was amazing and it, it, everything is going to go on from strength to strength very quickly explain the clothes that you're design designing at the moment and their Yay. sustainability and the way that you that there's no waste at all just yeah it's um so it's i mean it's all an evolution everything's an evolution i have no idea what i'll be doing in 10 years or tomorrow to be honest <laughs> isn't it's always a constant evolution but yeah so yeah, I mean, for clothing, we've just kind of, yeah, it's been, it's, it's, it's learning more about the sector all along. And yeah, this kind of the craziness of, you know, the manufacturing and the operational and obviously all of the ugliness around modern slavery and all of this type of stuff mm-hmm. that goes on when you start looking at the true cost of fashion. It's just, oh gosh, I just think, how did I, how did I not know this? Because um, this is not new. This is, you know, this has been hidden for no. decades. Yeah, it's been hidden for decades. Um. But the realization of, you know, we are as as women often in a home or a female in the home, and um, we're the biggest influencers on when it comes to consuming textiles. So yeah. we've kind of yeah, four years long story. We've tried lots of different things. Some things didn't work. Some things did. Some things are on another shelf for another day. And um, we kind of got to the end of last year, and we thought we're coming up to four years um, of operating as a mill. Um, and yeah, what are we all about? You know, we're just like, right, who are we? What are we? You know, let's do one thing and do it absolutely like off the scale, badass, make, make all, make everything happen. And we thought, right, okay, women's clothes. And throughout that couple of years of having our own collection growing, as well as working for other people um, and commissioning design, the commissioning designs with us and commissioning collections with us. Um, it was it was looking at textile fashion shall we well that's when I went like fashion style I make we make clothes because that's what yeah. we wear <laughs> <laughs> all these but all these words are hijacked aren't they every definition yeah. of every word right now is just like crazy yeah. but so we make so we make clothes but there was kind of thinking okay what is what is the what is you know some of these big problems well one was I didn't realize 25 percent of most textiles are wasted in the cutting room for patterns that don't fit women you know mm-hmm. so you so I mean I get you know kind of we go yeah operational efficiency let's bang it all out let's you know let's um let's um rationalize our offering it's all about volume it's all about time saved it's about you know basically if we only make a couple of quid but we sell two million of them brilliant we don't need two million we only need 200 but you know so there's all this yeah. kind of you know growth um 
KPIs that these businesses had worked on, but they were just binning. They were just running in such a way that actually it was okay to bin 25% of textiles. And I was like, well, this is just nuts. Um, a lot of it's petrochemical clothes. Um, so, so that's just straight to landfill, you know, or it's burned and it's waste colonization in the global south. I mean, the global south's burning 11 months of the year with just the Western world's, you know, castaways. It's crazy. Um, so, so 25% of all textiles is binned. And we thought, right, does anyone know how hard it took us to weave a meter of fabric? We are not paying a quarter of that in the bin. No. <laughs> no matter what. We were like blood, sweat, and tears for two years of these looms and you know, testing yeah. the patients, going, Oh my God, will it work? Will it work? And we thought, right, okay, then. So historically, with a bit of Scottish awareness and acknowledgement, but evolution is we used to make clothes with no waste. The bloody kilt's not got a single, you know, even the modern kilt is not zero waste. The modern kilt has got masses cut out in the pleats, yeah. masses under the canvas. Yeah. And um, and it's only when you start to look at it going, why? Why are we cutting all this out? And then you start thinking about, so one is, it's just crazy waste. Two is, it, we just, we were just, took so, it took so much blood, sweat and tears to weave this fabric. We're not cutting yeah. it. And then three was actually, why does everything have to look the same? You know, not one of us looks the same. So why do we go into these stores across cities and countries and think, actually, we've got the exact same in every size and every yeah, store? I mean, I come know. on, let's embrace the uniqueness of who we are. Let's make right. it actually the complete opposite of, you know, and the complete opposite of I look like her. But actually what happens is somebody will go, well, you don't look as good as her and that. I mean, it just all becomes so toxic. So yeah. like that, bugger that nothing literally cut off the roll zero waste design no two things will be the same the pattern as it cuts is the pattern as it cuts yeah and we kind of thought about this whole kind of lego system of if we make things out of squares rectangles and triangles from a large rectangle and um, there's no waste so we wanted to create garments then actually so we create so we had this creative restriction but actually to um inspire us to be more creative because as soon as you put boundaries in it well you're like okay so you know it's like how do you survive in a desert island well you don't have you know the the timber merchants you don't have this you get creative you use what yeah. you have so we were like right okay let's put these things in place let's get super creative no waste no waste how do we make crotches oh my god without cutting out a curve everybody makes trousers and they cut out the curve of the crotch no 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 we can't do it we can't do it so it took us a good couple of years to make trousers because we're just like how do we get this work so everything is lego lego based squares and rectangles um with the odd triangle there's loads more in triangles we want to do but we're just kind of like on our first yeah um kind of real collection this year and what that does is then we put in an extra tier of restriction driven by we want to be more creative and stylish but also we respect how damaging textiles are so only one percent of all textiles are globally recycled so that's because so many garments have sequins rivets stuff embellishments actually to recycle that is an absolute bloody nightmare because how yeah. do you take all of that apart so we thought okay so how do we and I just had this thing for zips and buttons I just didn't just didn't think they were very pretty in the sense of a zip and a button and then you think about this the multi so zips and buttons is another piece of hardware that's really difficult in terms of ups recycling and yeah. doing fiber to fiber recycling we thought, right. yeah exactly exactly so we'll go kilt strap leather strap buckle right okay brilliant easy when it comes off a garment it can actually be reused 
And I know buttons can be as well, don't get me wrong, and zips to a degree. Um, so, so we pilt strap and buckle and then we go, oh, hey, Presto, guess what? We've got a three inch size range in every pilt strap and buckle. You don't get that, there was a zip and a button. I like yeah. to wear my clothes and eat now and then so that actually, if I want to go up a hole, I'm going to go up a hole. Exactly. I don't want to go down a hole. Yeah. So this is like this crazy Perfect. fashion world. Women have been an eight, a 10, a 12, a 14, a 16, an 18, you know, got up a size, down a size, all just purely for us to consume, consume, consume. So we thought, no, what the hell with this? We make garments that will actually last you a lifetime. So they, they have the size range in there. They're super easy to break down and recover and do fiber to fiber recycling. But if you want to take it apart, then actually you've got a walking fabric store. So if you look at a lot of garments that you take apart today, you've kind of, you probably could lose up to half that fabric because when you start to unpick, you realize, oh, there's this shape, there's that shape, there's this yeah. bit missing here. There's this, literally when you take our garments apart, you have squares and rectangles straight back at you. So you can do whatever you want with it. So it's taking zero waste design to yeah. its entirety. It's cradle to cradle. It's like no waste in the beginning, no waste at the end. And it actually will fit you if you go up three inches or down three inches. I so. go up an inch every weekend, I swear to goodness. An inch <laughs> every weekend, then it comes back off. Um, we all do, we all do. We all do. And and, we, and and there's no universal sizing. It's a load of absolute nonsense. Well, I love this. I am going to put a link through to your website so that people can. Oh, thank you. Gorgeous, because I know there's also four colours and there's... Um, of, of tartan that you're constantly and they'll be able to see that and yeah so claire if you don't know claire she's in prickly thistle mill in edmonton in the highlands of scotland do you have any events on claire during the summer this year yeah so we're we're going to be venturing out a little bit this year and um, which we've not done because we yeah so we literally we, we created our own collection and we had an e-commerce platform in january 20 but Mm -hmm. closed in March 20 yeah. so we've been very much digitally um trading shall we say for yeah the best part of over two years but yeah so we'll be doing some stuff in Edinburgh and London Good. um in June and July Good. and yeah so we've got we've now got people can freely come to our mill at any point we have our canvas castles yeah. bell tents you know, yeah. no, castles, near me. canvas castles, belt head boutiques, whatever. We've got chill out spaces where people can come and, and get hands on with our creations and see everything, try things on. And yeah, if they want to take a tour, they can see our century old looms. They can see what work goes into making clothing. You know, I think there's been a bit of a disconnect because we associate price with actually how much effort goes into making something. And we don't understand, you know, how modern slavery works when we do you know sort yeah. of buy from overseas they might just it, you know it's not illegal in their country but the fact is they just have no laws to protect them so they're not breaking uh -huh. the law but it is a cheaper supply chain and things like that so mm -hmm. so when they come here they can actually realize and appreciate like what we all did mm -hmm. over four years was like wow there is so much work into into creating this and then when uh -huh. you buy a product knowing who made it what it's made of where it's made that completely transforms all meaning, says the pride, relationship, you know, care that you mm. have for that product. That, that all of a sudden that becomes the thing rather than, oh, I got this on sale in this shop. It's like, wait till I tell you who made this and where they made it. And we yeah. do this and they're, you know. Exactly. So we have. And so I we have like so, them. And that's, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So people, so people can come and see us. I mean, we were, we're looking at trying and um, 
probably will be maybe end of July. We're going to try and see if we can do some um, sort of end of month um, blank canvas events and see if we can get people, in the, you know, who are in our local community to kind of come and see what we're about, what we do. Because we know a lot of people domestically in the area yeah. know we exist, but I've never been here. Um, so yes, we want to try and do more, but hopefully that'll come once we start to get more um, sort of um, PR around what we're doing with the schools because yeah so we feel that for us as a B Corp we are the first and only B Corp textiles mill in the whole of the UK which oh, I am amazing. so freaking proud of um, am to be so freaking proud the first one. So, um, so, that, so yeah. that's a huge achievement for us because we're like we're tiny and, and we know now many many textiles um related businesses across the UK are all now frantically doing their B Corp assessment I but bet, we were yeah. first you, so we you're, did a, you're a leader you, you're a trailblazer <laughs> for everybody well my but, um, thank you um no, so, thank, so you. Much. thank you for and i didn't know if you would talk about paul but of course you would yeah i, I just love i love you and thank you for oh, your story and no, thank I you for you. your strength and thank you no. for what you're doing for well, this incredible industry no, I mean, just you need to be on other people's podcasts because you are as well. Because what you do, you know, for as long as oh, well, all my life, I'm you have been, you are the the warrior. Because I know we've kind of had this before, Mason, but you are this warrior woman that no matter what, you are there. You're you're there. You're pushing. You're charging forward. There's positivity. There's bring everyone together. So what you do brings out the best in people susan so thank you for doing what you do and creating platforms like this to empower women to yeah you know for from the times when they think they're not good enough and it's not working you're there just going you know with yeah. your smile so thank you for what you do honestly this is so it's an absolute honor for me to be part of your oh little your God. podcast and be on this because so yeah well. what you do is amazing Honestly, so I love you lots. I love you too. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. Oh, Thank no. Thank you.